Hey there, I'm Jim. And I'm Matt. I'm Dusty. From Dad's Doing Nerd Shit. A podcast on the Fandom Limb Media Network. We talk about all kinds of nerdy stuff. From Dungeons and Dragons to the MCU. From video games to semi-current space news. And anything else that catches our attention. New episodes go live every Monday morning on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We can also be found on Facebook, Instagram, and the Twitter. So roll the dice and join us as we discuss the things we love and the culture around being a nerd. We're going to need a bigger boat. Universal Pictures producers Richard D. Zanuck and David Brown had each heard about author Peter Benchley's upcoming novel, Jaws. Acquiring copies of the manuscript before publication, Zanuck and Brown both read the story in one night and agreed that it was one of the most thrilling stories they'd ever read. Having immediately bought the rights to the book for $175,000, they began the search for a director who could successfully bring the complicated, sea-bound story to life. After a lengthy search, a 26-year-old who had just finished directing his first theatrical feature film called The Sugarland Express for Zanuck and Brown presented himself to the producers as someone who was very interested in the job. His name was Steven Spielberg. He noted the similarities between this story and the plot of a TV movie he directed called Duel, about an 18-wheeler that terrorizes a man by chasing him down the highway relentlessly. Spielberg officially signed on to direct in June 1973, and principal photography began in May of 1974. Shot mostly on the island of Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts, the production was plagued from beginning to end with setbacks from the mechanical sharks not working properly to weather issues and everything in between. The shoot finally wrapped in October of 1974, taking 159 days in total. Thinking of himself as something of a failure, Spielberg couldn't even bring himself to show up for the last day of filming because he thought for sure that the crew were going to toss him into the ocean upon finishing. However, Jaws was released on June 20th, 1975 and literally redefined how blockbuster movies were to be released from then on. It was a massive hit to say the least and quickly became the highest grossing movie of all time. Jaws went on to win three Academy Awards for Best Editing, Best Sound, and Best Score, which was composed by John Williams and has since become one of the most iconic pieces of music ever put to screen. The legacy of Jaws has not only changed the way movies are released, but has also established the timing of movie releases, cementing the summer season as the prime season for blockbuster releases. This film also spawned three sequels, solidifying Jaws as a franchise of films. But what did we think of this movie? Put on your short shorts, lock yourself inside your giant metal shark cage, and chuck as much chum into the ocean as you can, because we're about to chow down on some of this shit as we break down this classic film. Join me, Matt McGregor, along with my co-host Harris McCabe and Colin Shaw, as we drunkenly toast to swimming with bow-legged women and dive deep into the first film in the Jaws franchise of films. This is 1975's Steven Spielberg classic, Jaws. This is a show about franchises. Shark Attack franchises. You're listening to... License to watch. Why in the world was this movie made? clearer than my picture because i can actually see titties in this um dude this is 4k it it seemed like just a silhouette in a lot of what i was watching but this is 4k but i don't think this monitor is actually 4k so it's like upscaling it or something but Mm. yes you can see titties doing a nice doing a nice job upscaling uh, it what did i watch a video of today of of these everybody now all these people like today oh Oh, wow and she's in bad shape Oh, oh no 
Still alive. A lot of these people are dead. You know, she broke her ribs on the rig that they were pulling her around on to make it look like a shark was killing her. Really? In the scene. Also, here's my biggest question about the scene. What time of day is it? Because it was pitch black when they were by the bonfire. You can clearly see the sun shining directly through the water there. Oh, yeah, they shot they're shooting. Scene. They're shooting day for night in anything where you can't see the horizon, like all the shots of above. I think that's supposed to be moonlight, no? That's we, supposed to be moonlight. This is supposed to be moonlight, yeah. but this is clearly day for night. They're just, you know, desaturating it and, like... How early but, you yeah. think? How early you think they shot this? Uh, or how? Like at dawn, dawn or mid evening, or like yeah, it's, it was yeah, it was late, but it was definitely light out, and it, like, and you can actually see the sun in the sky in yeah. many of these shots. And this is what I think was so amazing about this movie is Spielberg knew exactly what he could get away with. Like he knew, like, oh, the mechanical shark looks like shit. I can't have that on the screen too much. Mm-hmm. But he also knew nobody gives a shit if you can see the sun in one shot when it's clearly supposed to be at night. Mm-hmm. Like, you like know, that? the things that as filmmakers that we stress out about, you know that if you were on a set and they were trying to shoot this, the DP and the producers would be screaming about like, you can't have a shot cut from the sun to pitch blackness to day for night to, you know, like. <laughs> I'm Steven Spielberg in the future. I know everything. <laughs> Well, speaking of the mechanical shark, do you think there was like a prop master who had like a weird relationship with the with the uh, inanimate shark puppet? <laughs> it's just you and me now, shark. <laughs> I feel like everyone ended up having a weird relationship. They named it Bruce, and they like yeah. talked to it. And <laughs> yeah, well, somebody's been on the Universal tour. <laughs> <laughs> Why does the shark have so many holes in it? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's um, all right, so here we are. Welcome to the show. Uh, this is License to Watch, and we are here with our first of four entries talking about the illustrious Jaws film franchise. The first movie we're talking about, of course, is 1975 Steven Spielberg classic Jaws, starring Roy Scheider, uh, Robert Schneider? Shaw? What? <laughs> Rob Shaw. Schneider? Rob no. Schneider. No, it is <laughs> no not Rob Schneider. <laughs> Rob Schneider. Roy Scheider. <laughs> Rob Schneider. <laughs> There's a lot of R's and S's going on. We got yeah. Roy Scheider, Robert, Robert, Shaw, Robert Shaw, and then Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> I think Rob Schneider is still pitching that um, European Shark Gigolo movie. Uh, and Lorraine Gray, the <laughs> wife of one of the producers who managed to finagle her way into several of these movies. Yeah. I love that her whole career basically is just Jaws movies. That woman um, right there? Yeah. yeah. What else is she in? I mean, that's why Jaws you marry, two, marry right? well. Jaws 4. Jaws 4. She stars in Jaws, Jaws 4. Jaws 2, Electric Shark <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's a breakdance competition on the beach. Oh, yeah. Not but if Jaws has anything to do with it. The audience is the winner. It's kind of sad because the only move that Jaws could do is the worm. Yeah. It's just the worm over and over again. It's kind of Like Jaws, come on. And it couldn't even really do that well. This kind of is the problem with Jaws to me. There's wasted potential there. The Jaws, they, they could have gone so far with the shark. The Jaws dance movie would have been good. Yes, good. Jaws dance movie would have been good. Any any variation of like making a shark uh, be basically what a human character would be in another movie. I think retroactively when they saw how shitty the other movies came out, they might have, if they had a Jew over again, revisited that and been like, yeah, let's let's do the, what was the dancing pitch again? Are we going to get one where like the shark is a sympathetic character where like I'm going to feel the shark's perspective and it's like, he was really just trying to be their friend. He was just hungry. <laughs> Everybody in the town becomes racist over the shark. Yes. <laughs> and the shark is just like, sometimes you just want to be accepted. Yes. <laughs> Why do you think I'm this way? Because of science, society. <laughs> yes. When are they making that Jaws movie? Uh, joining us today for this episode, once again, is Mr. Carl Tart. Hi. 
Welcome back. Thank you for having me back. Uh, I I have questions about this movie. Uh, one, he just woke up and left the house. He didn't brush his teeth. <laughs> he didn't comb his hair. Mm. He looks so like he's talking to shit. real close to this guy right now, and, and you, think you know his know. breath stinks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially because like sort of the unspoken subplot of this movie, and I think it was—I'd never read the novel, but I've heard that it, it was a big part of the novel—is that apparently Chief Brody got fired from his big New York City job for being a drunk, and you will see a lot of references to him and his wife getting hammered in this movie, including the fact that the first time we meet them, they're waking up and he's bitching about how the sun is so bright. And she's just like sleeping in. Their kids are already up and out doing stuff, and they are sleeping off a hangover very clearly. Yes. So you see it referenced a lot, although they don't make as big a point of it. But yeah, so you know his breath is extra stanky because he's got a little of that like yeah that fur on it. And but in he, the '70s, they weren't drinking like you know cool stuff that we drink now. So rock, so rock peach pan yeah, apple. No, they were no, drinking like drinking for was light was light beer even a thing at that point? When was I light think that beer was a new innovation? Yeah, it was like it was like some guy was like, we'll make the beer lighter and we'll sell it to people who want it to be lighter. And other people were like, that's a stupid idea. Yeah, and they was like, well, we're going to spell it L I T E, and they're like, oh wait, maybe this brilliant. Is genius. Yeah. <laughs> was there diet coke in the seventies? I don't think so. I that, think the 80s is when everything 80s, changed. Everything, yeah. I feel like that's yeah. I feel like all these things, like the whole diet thing, happened, and they were like, "Oh, everything's got to be light now, even if it isn't actually going to help you lose weight." We're just mm-hmm. going to say everything's diet. It's actually worse for you because it tricks your mind into thinking you're getting the same sugars, but you're not, and it makes you hungrier. Mm. Mm-hmm. And also, it tastes like shit. I mean, it does, I, I don't yeah. know why. Like some people are like, "Oh, this diet stuff with this aspartame and it tastes just as good as the regular," and I'm like. You need to drink more regular stuff because yeah. you 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 do not understand how far off you are. I will say Coke Zero, pretty damn good. You guys are getting paid for all of this, right? <laughs> <laughs> Our spon- I wish Coke was a sponsor of ours. Um, so Either we're getting kind of Coke. We're, we're getting right into it. Yeah, <laughs> cocaine is what I mean. <laughs> this show is sponsored is you by cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> you think Harris has the sniffles? Yes, again. Hey, we're um, just trying to blow you away. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I was trying to think of something. You ever see the movie Powder? I don't know. That's all I got. No, not good. Yeah, and it was, and it was directed by a notorious pedophile. Let's just <laughs> leave it true. out. <laughs> we should <laughs> definitely cover that. Oh my God! Why? Why is that like a thing that's like? Oh, it was directed by a pedophile. We should cover that. I mean, look we at, should watch look that at the movie. smile on Colin's face. You know why? <laughs> it's not fair. Um, um, wait, 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 going back to Sheriff Brody, it, it's not just in the first scene that it's obvious he's not taking care of himself. It's like throughout the whole movie. Uh, when 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 they decide to like go do an autopsy on the shark in the middle of the night while trashed, um, they just go out in the middle of the night and like drive a boat out to the, into the ocean. And like he never calls his wife and tells them oh, tells yeah. her what, she, what they're doing. And then when he goes out on the boat with the other two guys, they're just like, they're just going to be out there until they're done. For a guy who's frequently <laughs> right, he is like the master of bad decisions in yeah. this movie. This movie was made in a time when wives were treated like shit. Yeah. <laughs> and kids were neglected entirely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. was the 70s. Now, this guy right here. Killer yep. jacket. The yeah. mayor, <laughs> the mayor and his anchor jacket. An insane person. And He's very insane. bad at his job. If his job yeah. is protecting people from being eaten like, by sharks. His, his clothes whole- are great. His whole thing is we can't close the beach because it'll ruin the summer economy. Right. But 
how much money is this town really making in the summer? Yeah. There's no way this town's making that much money. You're going to lose a $600 yeah. <laughs> in, in snow cone sales. I think the, the, real, the, real, the real thing that doesn't make any sense is he's so worried about you know closing the beach because it'll shut down the economy. And he's not worried about people getting eaten by sharks, yeah, which, which also would impact the economy yeah. rather negatively, as we discover in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as you know, certain consumers are getting killed and they can never be consumers in this economy again. So. Yeah, some consumers are actually <laughs> opposed to being eaten by sharks. Yeah. As it turns out, that's like not a selling point. For they're, they're unable to yeah. spend money in the digestive sh- system of the shark. <laughs> yeah. This is a pretty cool scene. Mm-hmm. How they all get out of the car yep. to ride the ferry. Yeah, and oh, yeah. and we just hold in this one shot, and it basically the camera just sits there on the edge of the ferry, and you'll see these guys sort of move in and out of frame in the conversation, depending on what their focus is and who's, you know, because they'll they'll pull Brody aside here, and and it'll transfer this shot without moving the camera at all into a close-up of them. And I have to say, that's like the, that's my big takeaway, because we talked about this before, and we'll probably talk about it more. I've only seen this movie like once all the way through before, watching it for this podcast um and it's partly shocking. me maybe not being a huge spielberg fan um but it's mostly also been shocking. me also not being big on like dismemberment and gross stuff and being really traumatized by a couple moments in this movie when i was a kid and um watching it now i was like amazed first of all that you don't really see that much gross stuff that i think a lot of it was in my head mm-hmm. um but more importantly that this is like a master class of economical visual storytelling like the dialogue in this movie most of it, even what's being said right now there's so little important dialogue in this movie most of it is just like sort of background filler to add color into whatever action is happening most of the movie is played out in in like actions like you'll see in this scene with the swimmers and the kids on the mm-hmm. beach and it's all played out visually like there's a lot of dialogue in the scene but it's all just random people talking to brody and it doesn't mean a thing what we're seeing is him becoming increasingly paranoid about the shark in the water. We see two false alarms and then we see the real attack and it's such a perfect buildup, but it's all done through how the scene is shot and cut, which Spielberg was not a rookie. Now he had been doing TV for years. He had already directed a couple of features, but this is clearly like his first big breakout, but you could tell he was already a master on a level that you don't see from guys sort of directing their, you know, there's technically their second, um, made for theater features. Yeah. This movie is full of smart decisions, filmmaking decisions that, you know, obviously become like staples of his through the years. But at the time, I think no one thought like this, you know, like he kind of changed this movie, especially this was the first blockbuster. As you guys know, uh, people like waited, like literally coined the term blockbuster. People waited in line around the block to see this, um, you know, and like a lot of, a lot of filmmaking so- standards became, so the implication was that the line was so long that there were enough people standing on the sidewalk that it could literally Bust. break the concrete. Yeah. Did that ever happen, though? Well, in the great blockbusting event of 1972, <laughs> yeah. yes. Tragic. How exciting would that be? <laughs> standing on a sidewalk and it breaks And slightly. all of a sudden you collapse and plummet, <laughs> plummet into the molten core of the earth. <laughs> that was a little... That was that false alarm was a little cheesy. <laughs> with a guy with the swimming go, under, and they yeah. shake their head. Like, yeah. Okay, I don't. I don't think <laughs> that's as me. bad. I don't think that's as bad as afterwards. He comes up and shows off the swim cap, and Brody's like, "I don't like your swim." He's cap. just bad hat, Harry. <laughs> yeah. um, 
But I like, but what I like about it, especially that first one, is how it's cutting on the people crossing in front of him, mm-hmm. and every cut moves the camera a little closer to Brody, so we're sort of zeroing in on him, and that's kind of it's almost a, um, uh, kind of a foreshadowing of the eventual his re- reaction shot when the shark actually attacks, and you get that great dolly zoom vertigo shot, yeah. which is like probably the most iconic shot in this film. Um, why is Brody so scared? Could he be tougher? Could he just go fight the shark? Well, he hates the water. He's a 38 foot shark. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no. That shark is the that shark, shark is, is awesome. When they it's especially titties. it's the titties <laughs> you want to see. Yeah. Right 4K. Yeah. That old man. Harry Harry's got some 4K titties there. <laughs> He's he does have like a little bit of perkiness to them. Yeah, they're, no, they're definitely supple. There is like they're like the French say they're the perfect size, the size of a uh, champagne glass. Yep, just yeah. French. <laughs> the French were definitely talking about him. When him, they, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're like, this is the titties that <laughs> we. If want. I need titty advice, I don't go to the French. <laughs> <laughs> if the nipples are pointed up, that's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> if the nipples are pointed down, I'm down. <laughs> Uh, all right, so before we like dive any further into this movie, let's kind of uh, Harris kind of touched on it. This is only your second time ever seeing this all the way through. What's everyone else's um, history with this movie, Carl? As our guest, uh, you know, are you a Jaws aficionado, or is this uh, are you like Harris, and this is like your second time seeing it? Uh, absolutely not. Still not. Uh, I watched it for y'all. I've seen like you know clips of it on TBS and things like that. I've also here's one thing that is true. I used to. Is that the real shark? Yeah, that's the real shark. Oh, and you just sort of see the silhouette. It barely shows anything. And then you yeah. see like the bubbling blood coming out of the water. But what causes the blood to churn oh, that, so much? That shark that that is crazy. Is, is he gargling the guts? <laughs> it's a machine. <laughs> it's some kind of machine. Um, all right. So, yeah. So you're not that familiar with this movie. No. No. I, uh, it, I did help. So here's a, a little fun fact about my life. I used to, my mom used to be a studio tour guide at Universal. And so I worked. I worked. I was there. You were the shark. I was the shark. <laughs> ah, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I used to go every weekend. Like that was like what we did. This part is sad. Yes, because oh, yeah. mm. that like you could tell that lady was already too old to be having a young child. That all yeah, the parents. I'm, I'm kidding. No, all all the, <laughs> listen. All the parents in this movie are like so much older than their their kids. They have these young ass kids, and they're all like in their sixties. And I'm like, yeah. what? What is going on in Amity? Also, that woman was probably like, that's that's a 1970s 33. Yeah, uh, that's true. Because you know, I'm in grad school. Yeah. <laughs> because in I high school, know. in high school, they did look like they were in their forties. You see yeah. those pictures of people in high school, and they've got like the, the you know the yeah. perfectly coiffed hair, and they're yeah. wearing ties, they're all completely but, bald. Yeah, but even their faces look old and like kind of. Square and wrinkled. <laughs> They're like, "Well, sorry, ma'am, your child was eaten. It's okay. I'll have another." And They're like, "Really? <laughs> I'm only 18 years old." Like, Damn. Excuse. I, you look like you're a thousand. Mind your manners, sir. Yeah. No, yeah, this uh, is the 70s. I've got permanent tan lines. Yeah, like the 70s. Like, even like a 16 year old kid w- would smoke. At least more than one cigarette per day. It was a rite of passage. Like you turn thirteen, they're like, "Here you That's go, son. Yep. A pack of Marlboro Lights." Anyways, back to Universal Studios. Yeah. So my mom was a tour guide at Universal Studios, and I would go every weekend because that was like babysitting for me. So we would like she would let's like, say grab a friend. Usually it was my best friend Russell or Jovan or both, and uh, we would go up there every week. And I would ride. The, I would try to catch my mom's tour every time. You know, she, I would I would like hang out by there, and she would tell me like, "Here's when I'm gonna go." Before cell phones, not before cell phones, but before I had a cell phone, mm-hmm. right? I'm like 12, 
11 or 12 at this time. And uh, So you would just ride all the rides? Yeah. Well, see, I'm not a big attraction guy. So I would do, like, I love to do, like, the Harry the and the Hendersons. Oh. Yeah, the shows <laughs> and, like, the stuff that I could do. I really enjoy the Universal tour. I've never been. Has everyone else here been to Universal Studios? You've never yeah, been? Yeah, Matt been. went together once. That's cute. Like <laughs> great. I loved when we went to the Waterworld show, and I was and we we sat there, and I was like, I bet like ninety percent of these people have never seen Waterworld. Well, <laughs> well I just want to say again, thanks for inviting me, guys. Like, <laughs> you always include me in these little things. Um, I yeah, had never, never seen it. I had never seen Waterworld, but I watched that show a million times. <laughs> yes. And in an episode of Love on Netflix, I got to be in this show. Oh, what? Cool. Yeah. So I got to be backstage and ride on a boat and like. Dude, like the did yeah. they like fling you off of the like thing that the guy jumps off of? No, but I did get to like jump off of a like a rig a jet ski or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nice. <laughs> and uh, my buddy uh, Chris Witoski got to like shoot the gun in the back of the boat and everything. Oh, that's awesome! Yes. It was pretty sick. And they cut me out of that joke or something serious. Like all my lines were cut. It was just like me being like, like I basically just turned into an extra at, at a certain point. But um, yeah, I would go every week and I would be on the on the tram rides like two and three times a day. Like I would, of course, would ride my mom's tram just to see how she performed it, and then I would see other people. This is before then, Jimmy Fallon did the was the tour guide. He was already on SNL this time. This is like two thousand one, uh-huh. two thousand two, and so I would, uh, yeah, I would be up there all day doing the stu- b- b- the backstage show was another one. Backdraft that was another one I liked. Oh Backdraft. yeah, but yeah, so I, that's how I learned about Jaws. Terminator Two was that around those days? The T two like. 3D show that they had. Oh, there. I remember that. Probably, yeah. Uh, wasn't there like an there was like an original King Kong ride mm-hmm. also before there was. Now it's like part of the studio tour, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, the studio tour was the 1970s King Kong. That was like 1976 yeah. New right, York. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Ah, or in a big hand. Right? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. A, I, I just know that from the commercials. Yeah. Big mo- monkey hand. Well, and it, it would uh, smell like they would pump banana gorilla. scent into the. Uh, Really? The room and and you if like you could sometimes smell it if you were in like the right tram and they're like oh he's got banana breath <laughs> that was like one of the jokes that they would use but she what she had was a to to train there was a binder that was really thick like five inches thick binder it was a script and it came with a videotape which was called a Universal Story and it was hosted by Ron Howard and it was like three and a half hours long of just a story about almost every movie that they've ever made and, and how the tour works and how the studio works. And so I watched that thing a ton. So I've never actually seen this movie. I mean, besides when we watch it for this, but like, uh, I knew a lot about it and you know, you go to the Amityville set and he did a great job, uh, painting these, uh, well, he, he, uh, he must've taken Brody's advice and let the secretary do the lettering. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Colin, what was your first Jaws experience? I don't remember. I know I saw it at some point when I was younger. I know I watched it like a year ago. Me and Matt also watched it like a year ago. You, you were probably invited. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and uh, yeah, I knew I'd seen it before and I, I, I watched it again. I don't, re- I don't remember my first experience with Jaws. I'm pretty sure it was cable, like cable TV. It definitely wasn't the theaters because I was not alive in the 70s. Yeah, I feel like I saw most of these scenes at some point. Like, I, I, this is a very familiar movie, so I'm sure I saw most of this movie in bits and pieces on TV. But, yeah, yeah didn't, didn't, uh, this is the first time I've watched it all the way through in many, many years. And I watched it twice. Were they drinking in this scene? Oh, yeah. They're drinking in almost every scene that they're in together. Those kids are, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Mm. Like he's just like getting drunk and looking at like shark books that are just making him terrified. Yeah. We never get his story of why he's so scared of the water. We get like, we get a lot of, um, we get Robert Shaw's story. We get, um, what's his name? Hooper's story. But we, we never find out what it is that Roy Scheider, there's, there, and I think she even alludes to the idea that he was traumatized by something, and that's why he doesn't go in the water. A shark killed my parents. <laughs> and a shark killed my dad and married my mom. <laughs> <laughs> and he beat me. He beat me real Terrible, good. terrible stepfather. He had a powerful dorsal fin. <laughs> uh, Matt, what was, the, what, what was your experience from this movie? Um, different from all of you guys, uh, I think this is my dad's favorite movie. So, like... Whenever, um, you know, we were looking for a movie to watch, I feel like my dad would pull out the old Jaws VHS. So I feel like I watched this movie at least, at least once a year growing up. And like, I just, I feel like it's, uh, it's a part of my education. Like I just, I know this movie pretty well. Um, yeah. I, I always thought growing up that like everyone was in the same boat as is me. This, is this no how you learn to swim? <laughs> yes, uh, actually, <laughs> my my, <jaws. laughs> my neighbor growing up uh, had a above ground pool in his backyard, and his dad um, was like a pretty big guy, and he used to when we were kids, like maybe like you know twelve years old or whatever, we'd go swimming in his pool, and and we were obsessed with Ace Ventura at the time. Do you remember? Uh, and there's a part when Ace Ventura falls into a tank, and like he gets you know thrown around the pool back and forth and but, it, but the dolphin the miami dolphin dolphin i think that's a shark tank a, yeah. in that scene um and uh, it's supposed to like be making fun of this movie um so yeah he used to like grab me and uh my friend and like throw us around like as if we were getting eaten by a shark it was a lot of fun yeah sounds fun <laughs> <laughs> but going back to like the cinematic qualities of this movie um Harris, you were saying that like that a lot of the dialogue is not important, but I feel like so much of this movie, like the scene that we're watching right now, uh, conveys information through just like pictures mm -hmm. in a book or like, you know, you just see that one little thing about how sharks like respond to sonar or like sound or whatever mm -hmm. it is. And like, that's all you really need to know. Like nothing is really um, jammed down your throat in terms of information. And they set up to, it's interesting. I watched this twice this week. Um, to prepare for this because I feel like I hadn't watched it because I watched it the first time and I really enjoyed it and I was like oh I'd like to watch it again and be able to focus on some stuff without thinking about the plot and um I realized there was so many allusions to the because he kills Jaws at the end by blowing up the compressed air tank with a rifle and there are so many like setups to that that are planted in this like the book that he was just looking through had a picture of a shark chewing on something that looked like an air tank yeah. or something like it was obviously chewing on a piece of garbage they have um hooper saying that you know if these things you know get jostled too much they'll explode and there's all these other random you know jokes about oh maybe the shark will eat eat the they make a joke on the boat about the shark eating the compressed air tanks because he says ah stranger things have happened i've seen him eat rocking chairs and stuff so it's like they keep on telling you how the movie's going to end and then they pay it off yeah. and it somehow just sort of it makes sense when it's really maybe the most improbable thing that happens in this movie but at that point you're like oh they've been foreshadowing this the whole time even the scene where they cut the stuff out of the other shark's mm -hmm. stomach yep. he pulls out things that aren't fish like there has to be there's a license plate and whatever old can yeah yeah um, should we summarize the plot? Uh, is that me? It's, it's you, yeah. All right. Um, uh, all right. While you do that, I'm going to run to the bathroom. You guys keep going. All right. Okay. Let's get Bring this. back beer. 
All right, first we find out that there's a shark and it eats people because someone gets eaten. And then Sheriff Brody wakes up and he's like, oh, I'm fucking hungover. And like, oh no, things are bad because I just found out a shark's eating people. And then the mayor's like, uh, don't talk about that. We're trying to make some money here by, you know, getting people out on the beach. Then they go to the beach and the shark keeps eating people. Um, then a bunch of people come into the town and they try to kill the shark. And they kill the shark, but it's the wrong shark. And there's a scientist guy and he's like, yeah, this is the wrong shark. Uh, let me tell you. Brody's drunk again. They go cut it open and they're like, look, there's no people inside. Then they, uh, they hire this guy um, who's like a fisherman guy who hates sharks. And after the shark eats some more people, they all go out on a boat together and they kill it by like doing a bunch of stuff like attaching barrels to it and then uh the the fisherman guy gets eaten by getting chomped in half and swallowed pretty quickly and the boat gets destroyed but the three of them they come out on top because richard dreyfus hides under a rock and sheriff brody shoots a uh compressed air container in the shark's mouth to blow the shark's head off and in the end, everything's fine, and they're all they're all doing pretty good, except for the people who are eating. Wow, that was yeah. really short. Um, do, I, do you think I left out too much? Uh, you you did, didn't. You didn't tell us how much pussy Chef Brody got after he. Shot the <laughs> that's true. That's true. And, and I mean, that was mostly left off screen, but um, yeah. I think it was implied. It was yeah. heavily implied. Um, oh, I think the biggest thing is. I think you missed a beat that's happening right now or right after they, they catch the false shark. There is a long period of time where Hooper and Brody still think that there's a real shark out there. That's a threat. And they have the whole back and forth with the mayor and they go and out then, on their little, and boat. then they go out yeah. and, the, and then the kids are on the sailboat and that like they have an, another fake shark. And then the whatever, you know, but that's, but I think that was, and also they spent a lot of time on the orca at the end looking for the yeah. looking for the shark there's and, like two movies here yeah there's the shark attacking and killing people and then there's like the whole movie of the three of them on the boat yeah it's like a whole separate like yeah. male bonding journey yes. type of thing um but uh, is this the guy is this guy here ben ben graham or whatever the guy who, who they find his boat later i feel like this is the guy that they find his yes, boat later I but then so. when that corpse is bobbing around in the boat it doesn't have a mustache which is what confused me uh, maybe it was that guy behind him. Maybe. Right. Maybe. And, and he was also missing an eye, so maybe the fish yeah. ate the mustache and the eye. Oh, ate the mustache and the eye? That makes sense. Some fish um, have a taste for particularly mustaches and only left eyes. Yeah. I think this is like one of the... science. This is one of the funniest parts. This reminded me of like the... Um, the Trump boat parade that like they were capsizing each other because they were <laughs> just like they were all like frantically <laughs> none of them really knew what they were doing and they were too close together. It's like all these random fishermen yeah. are in these boats and half of them don't even know how to guide these boats. And then like there's guys just throwing guts in the water. They're there's like guys pouring, throwing dynamite in the water. Yeah, they're yeah. like throwing chum on each other. Right, exactly. And they're how all disgusting like, would that be? They're all in constant <laughs> threat of crashing into each other. Oh, he just threw like blood and guts this, all over me. I thought this scene was really <laughs> impressive. I thought Dreyfus was really impressive in this scene and in the scene where he cuts the shark open at being like a guy who's clearly just trying not to vomit. Yes. And, like you could see he's like, he spends the entire t scene like, <laughs> like breathing, <laughs> like yes. just focusing on like not puking and he asks for the glass of water <laughs> a little tiny ass cup of water and he has to like dunk his whole face in a bowl of water yeah exactly head. but i thought the performance is really good because it's like him acting like a guy who's trying to keep his shit together and be a professional and be like a scientist but is also 
yeah. definitely grossed out by this whole thing. He doesn't like he's not uh he's not a human being scientist. So like examining a dead body is not his his actual thing. What was okay, so this is sort of jumping around a little bit, but what was your favorite or your least favorite like shark kill here in this movie? <laughs> Um, I oh, think I know my favorite. I think my. Well, I mean, I guess it's your. It is it could be your favorite and your least favorite if it's like your your favorite because it's the grossest. I guess I'm saying like, what's the most like scarring one? I actually like the one that you probably hate the most. The leg like dropping down. I think that one is always gets me. It looked the leg looks so real. Yeah, yeah, because it's got a shoe on it, and <laughs> that just sells it. <laughs> yeah, you just don't see dismembered body parts that are like still partially dressed, and it's got like you could see like his leg hair and everything. It just it looks really real. It's really gross. Yeah, it's the wrong shock. Yeah, they killed that one. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. that one's hanging up on the side of Universal. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I just assumed that was a real shark. I think everyone's got that picture of like their head in the. The shark's yeah. mouth, yes. you know. Mm. That's a good-looking shark, though. Oh, and you see the fly on it? Yeah. Good I detail. I always love... See, that's why Steven Spielberg... No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Steven Spielberg Wait. cast that fly. Yeah. He auditioned 18 flies before he found the right one. I saw something uh, when I watched it this time. There's like a shooting star that goes behind uh, Sheriff Brody's head. But then it looks like... Is it a special effect? It's I a don't, special effect. But why? It's, what it's does a it Spielberg mean? thing. He just puts a, like so. Anytime you see the sky in this movie or at night, it's fake. They all the stars are fake. Um, it's like in Close Encounters where all the stars and every night. And there's sky a shooting star in fake. that movie yeah. too. It just became like a thing that he does. Interesting. Well, I think the best kill is easily Robert Shaw. It's oh yeah. It's a big payoff. It's like it, it, you also kind of like. You kind of want at least one of the three of them to like actually get killed by the shark, you know, because the shark is just too powerful. Am I wrong? Tart, what what do you got for your your favorite kill? Oh, the little boy. Kill? Little boy. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. He had the, it coming. The yeah. burbling, <laughs> the burbling blood yeah. bath, the that, blood fountain. Take yeah. that woman's only grandson, son. <laughs> yeah, I'm. It, I'm. But like the the churning of the blood is that, does that mean that the shark bit him in half and as it chewed up the leg part was like gurgling the blood for the taste of it? Probably. I think so. Yes, just for like, the taste of it, <laughs> little oh, boy. delicious little boy. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, now with aspartame. Now with aspartame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just just for the taste of it, taste, taste great, little boy. <laughs> Brought to you by cocaine. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I think that this isn't my favorite, but I do think some props need to be given to the girl at the beginning who goes out skinny. Because that sort of sets the tone for the whole movie of like, hey, it's, you know, sexy teens having fun and innocent times and everyone's just enjoying themselves. And then all of a sudden disaster strikes when you least expect it. Yeah. And also the whole thing with her, like, just I think there's something horrible about reali- realizing that you're fucked and still being still being around there fighting for life. And she gets dragged through the water. She has a part where she's clinging to the buoy. And I think that's why, I mean, for me, it is the, my least favorite is the leg dropping down when that guy gets eaten. And the best one is definitely, for me, the Robert Shaw one. But for the same reasons that I think the girl is horrifying, I remember watching that as a kid, watching Robert Shaw get eaten by the shark. And first of all, thinking that he was like such a badass that if anyone was going to survive, it was him. And then you sort of assume, I, when I was a kid, I assumed Hooper was going to get killed because he was out there in the water on his own. 
And then Robert Shaw, all of a sudden, everything's fine. He's like singing and making fun and blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, the boat's half underwater. He goes shooting down into the shark's mouth. And then like he gets bit in half and he still continues stabbing the thing with a machete for like yeah. several seconds while like blood spurting out of his mouth. And I'm like, dude, you're fucked. You're done. It's over. The, the, the movie's over for you. And yet he still ends up kicking around there for like, you know, 10, 15 seconds, even if which his, is, that's horrifying. Even if his machete stabbing, like gets the shark to stop at that yeah. point, he's still like, half he's a missing. Oh, yeah. He's missing really <laughs> they, important parts of his body. They the die legs, in each other's the penis, arms. the intestines. <laughs> they die in each other's arms. That would be romantic. Especially like the guy who, the guy who's probably most traumatized by sharks, even though he's decided to like murder them for a living to deal with his, with his trauma. Um, but like, he's probably the last guy who really wanted to get eaten by a shark. He already yeah. escaped the worst shark bloodbath. <laughs> yeah. That's not... what I think it's weird. It's kind of satisfying when he gets eaten, but like, he's the one who shouldn't get eaten, right? Like everything you're saying, Harris is like, this is the yeah. guy who probably shouldn't be the one who gets eaten. That's what makes it work. I think, you know, I th you know, I think it's just cause he's like, he doesn't, he will not shut up with like being like the insane old sailor man. He just keeps coming with that energy. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I think that it's sort of in like a karmic way. It makes a little bit of sense only in that, like he's the guy who should know best n not to fuck with sharks. Mm. And he, is overconfident the same thing that he accuses Hooper of being like a know-it-all and knowing everything but like he spends that entire time on the boat acting like he's got it all figured out mm -hmm. and then you can see him getting a little nervous when he realizes this is a much bigger shark and all of his tricks and stuff aren't yeah. working and once yet he's he, gone past three barrels it's like it right. doesn't make sense to him anymore three yeah. barrels wow. and yet he persists he drives yeah. the boat too fast and everyone else is telling him he's wrong and he just won't listen to them and if he had a little more humility he might have survived but you know, it's kind of like his comeuppance is almost like an Ahab thing. He becomes so obsessed with killing the shark that it clouds his logic. And, and being right. Yeah, yeah, being right, yeah. If I wrote this movie, I would have added a scene in the beginning. It would have started on that girl's bedroom. The girl who, the first eating girl. Started on her bedroom. She's climbing out of a window like this one. And next thing you know, her light turns on. And her black mom <laughs> is standing at the door. And she's like, just where the hell do you think you're going? She's like, I'm going out with Billy, Mom. You're going to go out there and get your slutty ass eaten by a shark. <laughs> Shut up, Ma. You know sharks in that water. I love Billy. You're going to either get pregnant or get eaten by a shark. And she's smoking a cigarette the whole time. That's the way it goes. And you never, you never, we never discuss why her mother's black. <laughs> it doesn't need to be stated. It doesn't need to be stated. And then she goes out there and she gets eaten by a shark. I would like that. And that's and that's why you always listen to your black mother. Yeah, yeah. Are are there black people in this movie? Absolutely not. Oh, no, they're they're actually there actually are. There are a ton of them. Always what? background characters, always on the beach scenes. Really? They, I haven't seen any. I didn't see anyone. They actually put them front and center on some of the beach scenes when people are getting eaten. When watch when the kids get in the overturned boat and a bunch of people run to sea on the beach and like the three people in the front are all black and all I was thinking was like, because this is based on Martha's Vineyard. It's a very waspy, New England-y kind of thing. Yeah. All these people are... You You saw the first, the boyfriend who takes Sheriff Brody to the shore is like, I live in Hart... Or I go to Trinity in Hartford. My parents live in Greenwich now, but I was born here on this island. I'm like, this kid is like the whitest, richest, most privileged <laughs> kid that you will ever know. But this is like what these communities are. And then every time I saw a black face in this movie, I was like... On the vineyard? Yeah. Have you I ever seen the movie The Inkwell? You ever heard of that uh, movie? I have seen the movie The Inkwell. It's with Lorenz Tate and Jada Pinkett Smith. Yeah. 
and Dwayne Martin. It's it's set in the nineteen seventies. It's like a period piece, but it's about black people on Martha's Vineyard. There was like a black area of Martha's Vineyard that they would like go like it was like summer homes. Like black people go. would be there. I I guess some of them came to the beach for Jaws. For <laughs> Now Harris buys it. And all of them have white daughters, and they try to tell them, <laughs> you're going out there being fast. I told yeah. you, and I'll tell you again. Playing grab ass with that boy. You're going to get eaten by a shark. <laughs> I, I like the idea that motherly wisdom, uh, you know, always says that there's only two things that are going to happen to you. <laughs> Pregnancy. Eaten by a shark. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the two options. But, Mom, we're landlocked. We're like yeah. thousands of miles. We're in Nebraska. It's like also in it's Kansas, like, just, like just, the yeah. same thing is The third thing? Yeah. Pregnant by a shark. Yeah. <laughs> pregnant by a no, shark. They're, they're, they're in Nebraska. Yeah. You can either go out there and get pregnant or get eaten by the children of the corn. <laughs> yeah. The corn sharks. Yeah. Corn sharks. Corn sharks. <laughs> <laughs> the fin comes out of the yeah. corn. Dunna. Dunna, dunna. And they're running. They got ma- man bottoms <laughs> shark tops <laughs> man bottoms that run <laughs> like a like a reverse when, mermaid when you say man bottoms yeah. i'm not picturing any pants on this no he's flopping around just hanging out what does a corn shark need with pants <laughs> corn sharks care not for pants <laughs> just corn shark penises flopping all around when they run they're super fast <laughs> <laughs> they run four six forty yeah <laughs> They like the feel of the stalks as they brush by. Yeah. If they don't get recruited for a D1 football program, they just stay in the corn eating up yeah. people. That's yeah. That's how, did a, you, how did you end up out here, Corn Shark? When I was playing at University of Nebraska, yeah. I tore my ACL. That's, that's how you can get the NCAA death penalty. You're, you're, using, you're using non-human players. You're getting Corn Shark. Yeah. Corn sharks also sounds like either like some kind of a, like a potato chip snack or yeah. like a breakfast cereal. A cereal, yeah. yeah. Did, you ever, did you ever eat corn nuts? Sure, frosted corn uh, sharks. Yeah, yeah that, that was a good snack. Oh, that, that, that's the that's the summertime pool snack. Corn nuts. Yeah, like yeah. corn nuts combos. Uh, Pizza flavored. Boston, combos? yeah. Boston baked beans. Remember those? Mm-hmm. I always hated those. Mm-hmm. Um, what the hell were bugles? Is it like? Is it just to put them on your fingers? Because, like, are, do they taste good? <laughs> or They're not great. You could also put them in your mouth as, like, little fangs. Yeah. Right. But I bought some yeah. at the at the golf course recently because I was like, oh, man, I ain't had no bugles in years. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this tastes such like a Big Lots chip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just yeah. kind of bland and, like. Yeah. It's funny the things you have nostalgia yeah. for just because you're like, oh, I haven't had that in years. And you haven't. You're like, why did I ever like yeah. this? <laughs> what um, about Funyuns? What do you guys think? Oh, Funyuns are good. Yeah, Funyuns are yeah. good. It's just like once you Funyuns are really good until you get to that like breaking point of like oh I've definitely had too many Funyuns and like fucked up my whole digestive system, <laughs> which for me takes almost nothing because I'm already I'm already like onion averse. So. Let me ask y'all this: Are there some chips that are better in snack packs than they are big size? I think Funyuns is one of those chips. I feel like the seasoning is just a little bit more prominent in the smaller packages, but also it restricts you from overdoing it. Yeah. So I feel like there's something to be said for only being able to eat a little of them and, and ending wanting more rather than ending with regret. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know if you guys have ever tried this. My my favorite kind of potato chips is the uh, the Kettle brand Buffalo Blue Chips. And they're like buffalo sauce and blue cheese flavored chips. And they're really good. They almost always come in the snack pack size and almost always at like a gas station. They're like never at the grocery store. You can get them in the full size bag, 
but like it's another one of those chips where it's like this is really really good but once you've eaten too many you have like you're you're not gonna feel great yeah i feel like the kettle jalapeno chips are i I really like but are another one that's like give me a little snack bag do not give me a whole bag of them because if i eat past a certain point it's going to be like heartburn and discomfort and just sadness but i don't care i just i just love those chips um tart going back to your (laughs) question i feel like the little bag of I forget what they're called, like cheese doodles. Is that what they're called? Like Cheetos? Cheese doodles. Cheese, not the puffed ones, but like cheese, what are they, like? Cheeto? Chester Cheetos? Cheeto, yeah, yeah. Cheetos. Yeah. That, I called them cheese doodles when I was a kid. Why? I think there are I think things called doodle cheese. Is another brand. I think that actually is, yeah, I think it's like the generic. The planters ones that came in a can, a, a canister were called cheese doodles. Maybe oh, that's, yeah. yeah. There you go. Those are called, yeah, Cheetos. Um, Chester is, like, Chester doesn't get the respect he deserves. He was a really cool, like, cartoon animal they made him british now he used yeah. to be like what a, is that? a yeah. cool cigarette smoking cat <laughs> yeah and they oh, made him yeah. and they also Always with the sunglasses they also made him like weird like yeah like kind of like, like um like an weird. old spice commercial yeah like weird yeah. weird like david lynch weird he likes which to I see think chaos a, yeah exactly it's very very strange it's like that's not cheater that's yeah. cheetah, uh, chester cheetah but you you think that the regular the regular flavored cheetos are better in the snack pack are there than any other i don't think of, i've ever had them wait, in a large bag is there another kind of doodle is there like a non-cheese doodle? Like I think so. I think you can get like, just the doodle without flavor somewhere. When I was a kid, I only ever Not ate the ass. puffs. <laughs> <laughs> you know how like Cheetos are like the skinny, crunchy ones or like the yeah, big, the, fat, the puffed puff. ones? Yeah. I, I loved those as a kid, the puffed ones. And then like later in life, I discovered the thinner ones. I, I kind of picture Matt as a kid like... Always having the um cheese the fingers. orange cheese fingers <laughs> and the and the little Kool Aid stain on the on the top of his t shirt. Hey guys, welcome to my house. Let's play some yeah, Super Nintendo. Got, like his mouth is constantly red. His fingers are always orange. <laughs> That's pretty accurate. <laughs> I was a big fan of YooHoo chocolate drink oh, as a kid. Oh yeah, it's yes. pretty good. See, um, I mean, I liked Quick. I, I didn't because YooHoo's got a little. I don't know. There's like a, a weirdness to that flavor, but I was really a big you? quick. Yeah. Fan. How dare you? <laughs> how dare you? Listen, I'm just saying, um, I feel like you who is like chocolate drink and quick was like chocolate milk. milk. Yeah. yeah. yeah chocolate drink is cool though. You yeah. Cho- was always better in like the take the straw off the back, poke it little box. Yeah. Really? I but I've tried it in bottle. the glass and I was like, this is whack. Yeah, because you, you, you can tell it's not milk. The thing with the glass one is that if you didn't shake it well enough, oh, it tasted it so funny. Hard. Yeah, you have to shake it real hard. Um, Did y'all drink Ovaltine? No. I, I, I have drank Ovaltine. Before, yeah, it's not good. It we, we always had, that's a bad idea. At home, we always had the Nestle one where, to mix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we always yeah. had the Nestle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that shit's good. That's quick. Um, that's quick. But YooHoo was like the, the ultimate at, at summer camp when I was little. The summer camp had like a trading post. And the YooHoo was like the ultimate trading post item. Wait, you're a New York guy. Did you do egg creams? Was that a big thing for you? They, I mean, it wasn't like 1950s New York, but like. But I mean, (laughs) yeah, but they have egg creams. My dad, like, my dad's old school and he he loves egg creams and he would like make them. He still could make them. I'm just saying, outside of New York, nobody drinks egg creams. No, in New York, they're big and they're not bad, but it's one of those things you really have to grow up drinking it, I think, to really. Yeah, it's like a fizzy chocolate milk yeah. basically yeah oh Ugh. it's yeah. like it's <laughs> seltzer it's cho- milk and then like it's better than it sounds syrup. and not as good as anybody who loves egg creams will tell you it is <laughs> there's no egg or cream in it okay but that's i don't want fizzy chocolate milk mm. no you do it's good no, I don't. <laughs> 
I'm I don't kinda, know yet. You know, I should try egg creams now because I'm like, as I get older, I'm just into fizzy everything. Just what if get some fizz in it, whatever it is. What if I just like get a YooHoo and a club soda and I just put them in the same glass? Is that going to be the same? How thing? dare you? That sounds. <laughs> Wait, is there no eggs in egg cream? Because I always kind of assumed because it is kind of like a, a fizz, like a like a or like a whiskey sour or something kind of thing where you would put an egg white in it to make it kind of fizzy. Maybe that's where the name comes from, but I know like the real one, like the real ingredient or recipe, it doesn't have eggs in it. Well, as a service to our listeners, I'm going to say, if you're curious to know more about how egg creams are made, Google that shit. We're not an information podcast. Um, Speaking of which, should we talk about the movie some more? I guess. (laughs) I guess. I mean, what more can you say? It's a pretty much a We really haven't talked about it that much. (laughs) We haven't talked about, um, we really haven't talked about Robert Shaw, uh, Colin's... uh, Great grand uncle, is that it? Um, <laughs> this is this is our second time talking about Robert Shaw on this podcast because several years ago now, yeah. um, on our From Russia with Love podcast, we talked about Robert Shaw. He plays the villain in that movie very early in his career. He is, of course, an English um, actor, novelist, playwright, uh, and alcoholic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to say what like he was famous for no no i th- think he's just was just mostly an actor he got into acting by acting one of those rare people who <laughs> went straight get into, into this it. business um acting yeah and uh his his nephew is a fellow named scott shaw <laughs> who we talked about this all on our on our, but i mean look he looks exactly like colin they got the same last name. Scott Shaw is apparently Colin's, Colin's, <laughs> Colin's biological father. I'm, I swear I'm, to God, I'm, I'm better looking than that. I'd yeah, say. yeah, but it's the the appearance is incredible. <laughs> and I we did this on our from Russia with Love podcast, but I think it's worth doing again. Is just looking at Scott that, Shaw's. It does have a mustache. Oh, does it? Yeah. Oh, good. Well, I guess we solved that. All right. That mystery. <laughs> but Scott Shaw has one of the best IMDb pages just for the titles of the movie alone. He's been, he is the star producer, director, and writer of several lower budget action movies, such as The Rollerblade 7, Samurai Vampire Bikers from Hell, Guns of El Chupacabre, Psycho Tomometic Tokyo, Aberration Israel, um, Streets. Aberration Israel? Yeah. Oh, streets, colon, Los Angeles. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, and that movie could literally have like any content. It's called <laughs> Streets. No, that title's not good enough. I need we, it needs something. Streets colon Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. What about Samurai Johnny Frankenstein Black and White? Why no why, no punctuation? Why is the word Johnny in there? <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Um, <laughs> Hawk Warrior of the Wheel Zone. I mean, oh, who's Warrior giving the him the money zone? to make these films? Yeah, you, that's you, what I want to know. Well, do these movies in, cost in, money? In fairness, <laughs> I've looked at some of these trailers. And it's possible these movies were made for no money at all. It's it's pretty incredible. You gave him money by the camera. My favorite, though, my favorite, and we talked about this last time, my favorite is Scott Shaw in Max Hell, Frog Warrior. Oh my now, right? I just want to point out that since then, we have had a discussion about another movie, which you may know. Hell Comes to Frogtown? Hell Comes to Frogtown, starring Rowdy Roddy Piper. Mm. And what we didn't know the last time we talked about Max Hell, Frog Warrior... Because Hell Comes to Frogtown is about a man named Sam Hell who goes and fights a bunch of alien frog people. Right. And Max Hell Frog Warrior is one of several sequels to oh. Hell Comes to Frogtown that were... Sanctioned? or like Sanctioned, a- yes. <laughs> it's, it's part of the ongoing frog, alien, mutant, post-apocalyptic samurai... Is that samurai. Rocks right there? I think it is. Um, 
Why would a frog go to Vasquez Rocks? It's it, it's like all no moisture there. It's all very confusing. <laughs> but I mean, I th- at some point we're going to have to watch these. Um, I mean, it's a franchise. It's Hell comes to Frogtown. Frogtown Two, Toad Warrior, a little play on Road Warrior, and then Max Hell Frog Warrior, which apparently just reuses a lot of Toad Warriors footage, but is actually a sequel. Kevin and I were just talking about uh, of, of Kevin Liu, everybody, our guest uh, engineer for the evening. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't say anything about that earlier. Yeah, here he is, the man, the legend. He doesn't have a mic. He doesn't but... have a mic, so he's just going to. <laughs> here he is. He's <laughs> <laughs> just going to wave off the offer of a mic. More of a behind the camera guy. But uh, we were just talking about Frogtown the other day, the the Los Angeles neighborhood. Is that what it's called? Frogtown, right? Yeah. What? Yeah. Where is it? It's by... Um, it's off the LA River. It's over in the east side. It's like... Uh, it's like Los you, Feliz and... Off and, the five to uh, the, to the it's south. By Alhambra? Out Atwater, south. Atwater. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, is Atwater. A, it is a neighborhood that is being gentrified, oh, okay. and, but it's also still got its original elements. So now's is, the time to buy and get in... On yeah. the cheap before it turns into Eagle Rock and yeah. all the other places. You, that you, are... it's, it's probably already that. Yeah. So when, when you're you telling us there... to hop on to the Frogtown real estate? I'm not saying that. Carl oh. Tart is not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I love the people of Frogtown. It's an you interesting know, place. The people of Frogtown, they've, they've got great legs. Wow. <laughs> I don't even you know if that's me. Like, Colin that's said really, that. That's not even really a pun. He didn't it's croak when he said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, anyways, so yes, yeah, so Robert Shaw is in this movie and we, and he's got a very famous entrance in this movie. The first time we see him, he is scratching his fingernails down yeah, a chalkboard. I think that's why it's satisfying when he gets killed, actually. Uh, now, that, now that we get back to that. <laughs> no, like, I do not forgive you, you for that. You shouldn't have scratched yeah, I, the board. I didn't forgive him for that. Yep. When and he he's was got getting a cart- eaten by the shark, I was like, oh yeah, he did that. Not only does he scratch the board, but he's scratching the board where he's drawn a crude cartoon of a shark eating a man. I like to yeah. imagine like everyone's having this important meeting and he's back there like <laughs> doodling. Yeah, he's messed up. He has to like erase a part of it and then like continue. But it's one of two. He sort of steals this movie in a lot of places and it's one of his two big speeches. He's got that one where he tells them basically that he will, you know, kill this shark for a price. And then he's got his famous USS Indianapolis speech later on when they're on the boat. Um, but he's, and in the interim, he's kind of a drunken, obnoxious creep who kind of is charming in his own weird, drunken, obnoxious way. He, uh, that Indianapolis speech is famously written by John Milius, who directed Conan the Barbarian, which we just watched recently. Is it true? Is, that, is all that information in there true? It, it I is. Think, That's I, a yeah, true story. Yeah. For the most part. I don't know how much of it's embellished or like, you know, sort of the myth of the thing. But yeah, the, the basic facts are totally true. For okay. a minute there, they were talking about shooting that as like a prequel to this movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The story it, of the Indianapolis. And I think that's, they actually, they wanted to do it. That was the first pitch. And then I think they ended up doing the normal Jaws 2 sequel that they did. But at one point that was falling apart and they had to fire the director and they almost got to bring Spielberg back. And Spielberg was going to change it to to the Indianapolis thing. This guy right here, this news reporter, is Peter Benchley. He's the guy who wrote the book that this movie is based on. Yeah, I just saw that. Like that popped up on my Reddit feed, like right before you guys got here. Thank God. Oh, the mayor's sporting another dope jacket. Oh, the mayor's jackets are are very very fine. He was vaping earlier. (laughs) You know, I thought that too, and it was so weird. It was so like incongruous for to see somebody vaping way back then. He's actually just like sucking on an unlit cigarette. I think a lot in this movie. That's what people used to do before fire was invented. They would just suck on the cigarette. (laughs) Before fire was invented in 1970, cigarettes (laughs) were around for years before fire. (laughs) Like, look at these people. And 
look at the kids that they guide into the water. And it's possible that these are the grandkids, but I think the implication here is that they have their children with them and they walk their children into the water. These are like people in their late sixties, or maybe this is a seventies 30. I don't know, but they have like <laughs> tiny children. He's like, well, I can't vote yet, but uh, I, guess, <laughs> I guess I could go in the water with my kids. <laughs> so the mayor came over and said, like, why don't you put your kids in the water? Yeah. Cause this guy's like a city councilman those, those or something. Those have to be grandkids. Yeah, they must be, but I they don't establish that. So, what are we to assume? Do they get eaten? I've, I I don't remember. No, no, but they are they they get run over when the fake shark pops up. They the, it's the, this family on like a little Oh yeah, that yeah, guy see, gets trampled. Yeah, right? they get yeah. trampled later on, so. Um, um, what are these little tent things? Are those the bathrooms? I think they're changing rooms. Cabanas. Like, I thought they were cabanas. Oh, yeah. are they? Why would you not be able to see out of them? Yeah, that's, that's what that's true. what seems weird. I feel like they should open to the beach. When I also think it's sex, weird that nobody can see in. Nobody oh, so they're in. like little like fuck rooms. <laughs> oh, I don't even care if that's true. I think now that's what I'm going to believe now. Now we understand what the mayor was about. Yeah, like, <laughs> like if you say like, there's sharks out there. We, we got to keep our, our we got to keep our brothel tent city open. <laughs> <laughs> we got money. There's all these unemployed whores that I got to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> Their union will have my ass if we close the beaches. Now. Jaws makes a lot more sense now. I this guess. is this is one of like so, like lessons that I learned from this movie watching it. Besides just the Take basic the lens filmmaking stuff, <laughs> yeah. but besides, it was looking good in this movie. Yeah, besides the basic filmmaking stuff, there's also some storytelling stuff here that is counterintuitive. That like I feel like you would never do as a writer now, or that it's it's against what a lot of people would coach you to do, which is like. You want to keep Brody, the pressure on him. He's your main character and you want to keep him at like a high stress level and keep the conflict all around him. So you'd have like generally what happens in most movies, even of this era, is you have the nagging wife who doesn't believe in him. Who's like, there's no shark. Why are you such an asshole? Why aren't you a better sheriff or whatever? And his kids will be like the kids in Close Encounters where they're just like obnoxious and just hate him and have no respect for him and, you know, whatever. And instead... You actually have Sheriff Brody's family's nice. He's got a his he drinks too much, so does his wife, but they've got a good relationship. They bone and his kids you know, don't always agree with him, but they listen to him and respect what he says when he tells his son, Don't take the boat out there, please just take it in the pond. The kid's like, Ah, okay. And it's like and it's kinda nice. Like it's like you instead of relieving the tension that's on him it doesn't it doesn't deflate the tension of the movie, but it does make you care about him a little more because he's got a good life and he's got people who care about him and you sympathize with him and his family and you want them to succeed because they're good people, not a bunch of obnoxious assholes. And I feel like that's something that when you watch most movies, oh. they don't do that. I saw a non-white person. Yeah, you'll see them. <laughs> I saw, I saw a couple. I've been seeing a couple in this. Yeah, they're in this scene. They're in this scene. They're around here. Uh, this is also where the people get trampled. See, you can see the old people. They actually get trampled twice by two different people coming from the same direction. It was see, a rough she, day for she, them. She runs into them, and then this guy runs into them, apparently from the same direction in a different shot, like like a huge continuity fuck-up that nobody cares about, because once again, it's amazing what you can get away with. Once once you're in the water, engaged. you know, your yeah, spatial reasoning knows. is... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what what's in those little tents? Because that, that's like a gazebo where, you know, people can Colin, hang out. Colin, Colin... The tent issue's been settled. Okay. I mean, it's, we, it's, we know now. It's little fuck rooms. <laughs> it's fuck Got rooms, it. yes. <laughs> and I don't want to actually hear, if there's a real answer out there, don't at me because I don't want to know about it. I'm, the I'm, lifeguards, like, check in on the fuck rooms every now and yeah. then. They just 
People like, like, they like, just you guys fucking in here? That's enough good. lube? Every once in a while, they have to be hosed Keep it out. safe. Yeah, they just, yeah, they just hose <laughs> it down and throw in some new lube and condoms, and they're like... <sighs> and, then, and then the people are like, we didn't use the old condoms. <laughs> I like that they focus on the chaos here of, like, there's one guy who, like, shoves kids off of a float and, like, yeah. steals it yeah. from them. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's a great <laughs> shot that's, like, a close-up of an old man who's clearly not doing well, who's laying in the water, and then he just gets dragged... Out of the frame by somebody else. This, here it is. Yeah. Right here, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good chaotic scene. The other thing he does that I think is really interesting in the way they frame these shots is a lot of the water shots, um, including the last one of Brody and Hooper swimming back to shore. They fill the frame with water, even though there's nothing to see under the water. Like not this shot, but like in a lot of these shots of people frantically paddling through the water, knocking each other over. Most of the frame is water. It's even part of the the camera's partially underwater. And the people that you're focused on are way at the top of the frame. And it just sort of makes you understand how overwhelming the water is. Um, this kid's such a narc. Are you saying the water is scarier than sharks? I'm saying that not that the sharks are in the water. So that's what makes the water scary. There's a lot of shit down there that you just don't know. There's a right, cool shot right, coming okay. up where, uh, you know, so they just had the scare. They thought there was a shark. And well, look at her pants. I didn't notice that. Oh, yeah. Her pants are cool. So she sees the real shark. Mm -hmm. And now it's like a little bit of boy cried wolf kind of situation right. where they're and like, even Brody, okay. whose kids over there where the real shark well, is, is like, ah, fuck, I guess it, I'll go take a it look. It dawns on him. His wife is saying right now, oh, our kids are over there. And so <gasps> now he, there's this cool shot where he runs through the crowd and little by little, the camera like gets closer to him. It's all like this one shot and the music is like getting intense and staying in focus on him. Yeah, it's pretty neat. And then you see the size. Of, I mean, that's the first time you see kind of the shark. I never realized that the first time you see the shark kind of like its face underneath. How did the, the water, shark get into the little pond? It's coming up right here. There's there's an estuary. And that's yeah. what the in lady was yelling the, uh, about. In the, between the that, that woman who had the easel was literally yelling, the shark is in the estuary. The shark is in the estuary. And I'm like, who thinks of that it's called an estuary when you're frantic like that? <laughs> yeah. But I guess oh, she's an island person. She's artistic. She's educated. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this guy who was- Estuary is a great word. Trying to, it is a good word. I, I think it's a really solid word. Right there. That's the yeah. first time yeah. you see it. And I mean, I'm sure that looks fake as hell. It didn't look like it was moving that much or whatever, but that's, they were so good at just, at knowing how deep they had to have it under the water and- you know, it, just, it looks really good. And there's here's my leg. least favorite shot oh, of the whole movie. Yeah. Oh, it looks so real. Yeah, that, yeah. that was a good-looking leg for 1970s. Yeah, <laughs> gross-ass. Oh, I, I didn't say that to Mike at all. That was a good-looking leg for the 1970s. <laughs> Did the shark just zoom by him? Mm -hmm. I don't want you, kid. <laughs> and he is, right now, he's peeing himself. And well, you know, when you're in the ocean. I got a question about Brody's kids. And this is kind of getting ahead of ourselves because it's referencing the sequel. A Look, he bit. does all his own stunts right here. I love it. <laughs> but um, he broke but his ankle. Brody's kids <laughs> both seem like how how different in age do they seem in this movie? Like a couple of years, they they look like they're maybe like eight and and five or eight and four. Okay. And in the second movie, one of them's seventeen, and the other one looks like he's still about this age. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I just think it's kind of weird. I know that's. A random thing to bring up but i i was when i was watching this movie i was like did the the younger boy stop aging at some point because yeah. that's the younger kid and he looks like he's about two years old, older in the second movie which in theory takes place four years in the future so i guess this kid's supposed to be 13 which he doesn't look 13 well it goes hand in hand with like what you're saying that all the like old people are actually 18 right. years old yeah. <laughs> this is actually a prequel to the Shyamalan movie old where like they're on an island and they're aging funny it's like nobody knows what how people age on amity 
Yeah, maybe it's maybe it has to do with like seeing the shark. If you see the shark and you're traunted enough, then you know you don't age. It's not your growth. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh uh, yeah. What if that What if that doctor kid was like, "Excuse me, miss." Yeah, wait, wait, wait. Is that a doctor? Because that doctor looks fifteen. Was yeah. that a boy? I thought that was. A, I thought that was a lady doctor. That was a. That was a lady. A very pretty man or a very. So. So parents of four-year-old kids are usually in their 60s. Super confusing. Hospital doctors are about 15 years old and like... How did that shark go right past that kid? It was a different time. Because he was peeing. It's actually a deterrent. (laughs) Really? Is that true? He was... Oh. Yeah, I think the shark was full of boat guy at that point. Yeah. I think the shark had eaten the boat guy and he wasn't out for revenge like he is later. (laughs) There's a funny TikTok going going around right now that's... One of my favorites where this guy is swimming. They say sharks can uh, smell blood in the water. This guy is swimming in the water, and a shark is, like, right next to him. And so he throws up a C for grip. <laughs> <laughs> and the next shot is the shark swimming away. And he, like, wipes his head off. Phew. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, I mean, should we play top four? Or are we are we at that point already? Uh, I don't know. Sure. We could play top four. Who's, who's running I don't know it? where we are. I'll, I'll run it. Okay. You're okay. running. All right. Tart, did you play top four last time? I don't remember. No, he, okay. I don't think we um, top four last So time. we do. So top four is we're going to guess the four movies that IMDb lists for whatever person that Matt says as their top four movies. Okay. We're just going to take turns one at a time, and it's totally random and bullshit. Okay. It's totally And random. we all say four movies? No, we no, just say, just one. Guess, we one, say, at say one at a time. So, um, so... For this movie, since he's not in any of the others, I'll do Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus. All right. And Tart, you're the guest. So you All can right. go first. Uh, American Graffiti. Boom. Good one. That is it. Wow. wow. That's his top right one of his gate. top four. Um, uh, Close Encounters of a Third Kind. Bam. Oh, no way. Short one. Oh, God. I'm going to fuck it up, though. I'm going to ruin this. Um, uh, I guess I should just go with Jaws. Three for oh, three. for three. We've never done this well. <laughs> Tart nail this and we'll get it <laughs> four for four. That would be a first. I'll be very surprised if you get this. I've never heard of this movie. Oh, oh, another Richard Dreyfuss movie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what else is he in? Uh, I, it's on the tip of my tongue is when he's older. The but fact I, that you said you never heard of it makes it a little harder because mm-hmm. I can think of a few others, but they'd all be ones that you would know. I can't. Uh, oh, he's a, he's really savoring that alcohol. That's how you know he likes it. Um, damn he it. spits it out right after. I, like I, I, I keep thinking in my head, Mr. Holland's Opus, but I know that's Robin Williams, but it's like something nope, that like is, that. That's, no, that's Richard, Richard Dreyfuss. Dreyfuss. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. But that's not the movie. That was going to be my guess, but oh. yeah. Wrong. Hey, oh, that's not Robin Williams? That is Richard Dreyfuss. Yeah, yeah, that is Richard okay. Dreyfuss. Okay. You're smarter than you thought. Uh, Just got to have faith in yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Holland's Opus 2 for Revenge. <laughs> the crescendo. More, more Opus. <laughs> Electric Opus Lou. Wrong. No. Um, I guess Stand By Me, but you've heard of that, so that's not going to be it. He's in that? Yeah, he's the he's the grown-up version of the kid. Oh, uh, is he the narrator? narrator? Yeah. yeah. Wrong. Uh, no, that is not it. Is that the one with the leeches? All right, Clue Round. Clue Round. I've already said it's a movie I've never heard of. Uh, let's see. Is it some kind of courtroom drama? Isn't he famous for some kind of courtroom is, drama? It's written by Neil Simon, so I'm guessing it's based on a play, mm. like a Neil Simon play. Oh, I got a couple. Okay, I'm guessing a couple of Neil Simon. Yeah, I feel is, like Harris is going to be the one to nail this. Is it Lost in Yonkers? No. Wrong. That answer was bonkers. <laughs> um, 
Uh, there is like no one else I've ever even heard of who's in this movie. Bloxy Blues? No, because that has people that you've heard of. Wrong. Does it rhyme with something? <laughs> like, how many words is it? It's okay. The title is The Opposite of Hello and The Opposite of Boy. Oh, the Goodbye Girl. Goodbye yes. Girl. <laughs> I've never heard of that. Nope. Me neither. Oh, I've never seen it. Uh, who? But somebody else was. Wasn't that um? What, what's her name? Yentl? Wasn't uh, Barbara Streisand? Barbara Streisand? Uh, no. If she is, she's not. In no. The first couple of names. Let's okay. See here. Um. All right. Well, that was a good one. We almost had it. The Goodbye Girl. I think he got nominated for some awards for that. So that I guess would make sense. Although it should have been Mr. Holland's Opus. We should yeah. have gotten it. We should have gone four for four there. If there was any justice in IMDb's. Well, you know who four. is in this movie? Uh, an actress named Teresa Merritt, who I've never heard of. I, I didn't know her name before, but she is Juanita from Billy Madison. Oh yeah. <laughs> <Do you remember laughs> yeah. I remember Juanita from Billy Madison. <laughs> I thought I was your snack pack. <laughs> um, hmm. That was a pretty good top four. Yeah, they, that wasn't bad. That was a little quick. Yeah. yeah. Should we do another one? All right, fun? let's do another one. All right, who should I do? Spielberg? Have we done him before? I think we did. Um, uh, Robert Shaw? I mean, he. I feel like he's We could do Robert Shaw. That would be an interesting one. No, that, that's, that's <laughs> probably because he's only been in... We we know two movies that he's Yeah, in. we know two movies he's been in. All right. Well... You get to go first. Jaws. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> All right. Uh, from Russia with Love. Yep. <laughs> okay, now it gets a little tricky. Um, I'm gonna go with the Sting. <laughs> wow, guys, three, wow. We're three right. for three. Well, again. those are the three he's that ever Sting. Those are the he's the bad guy in the Sting. Those oh. are the three that everyone knows, <laughs> and they all kind of you know, the, the Sting and this came out of this around the same time. I've got one more, um, but anybody else got any guesses? No, I don't. I never right. heard. Um, is it a Man for All Seasons? Wow, nailed it. Oh wow. well, he got he like got an Oscar nomination for that, so that makes sense. Harris boned out before coming here. You scoured IMDb, didn't you? Yeah. But I mean, uh, those are the only four Robert Shaw movies that I think anybody knows. What makes him prepared for each of the seasons? Does he have some sort of like growth that <laughs> like helps protect him against winter weather and also insulates him for summertime? Are you talking so? about fat? Are you calling him fat? <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know what, should have been? The, what makes him a man for all seasons? What, what is that? What is that movie about? I think it's. He I think just it's dresses like a, appropriately. I don't know. <laughs> it's got nice clothes. <laughs> That's it. He's playing Henry VIII, so maybe it's like a wife for all seasons or something <laughs> like that. Oh, um, you know, movie should have been on Richard Dreyfuss's top four. What about Bob? Ooh, yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah. So in the nineties, he did that, and he did uh, Mr. Holland's Opus. Is he in a movie called Krippendorf's Tribe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, is he is. Him? Yep. God damn. And um and he's also in Forty Eight Hours and another Forty Eight Hours with Emilio Estevez sorry, and Rosie O'Donnell. No, another stakeout. Oh, another stakeout. You're right. Yeah. Stakeout. Another stakeout. It's called Krippendorf's Tribe. That's yes. the actual name. Yes. Yes. Somebody yes. saw that name and was like, "Yeah, this will look good in a poster." Is that similar to the Crips thing that Carlos? <laughs> 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 yeah. That's where he's a uh, he's an anthropologist studying the Crips. <laughs> He's also a dwarf. <laughs> dwarf. <laughs> dwarf. That sounds like a good movie. <laughs> it's, it's a little-known gang war between the Crips and the dwarves. It's like a Lord of the Rings comes to L.A. crossover. They don't wear sneakers. Barefoot. Oh, man. That makes sense. Um, I mean, God, this movie. I mean, it's just great. What else can we say? There are a lot of uh, iconic shots in this movie, this being one of them. I can't believe, like, 
This, so, so we're this, at this. We're, this you say to the listeners. This shot <laughs> that we're all seeing. They should know where we are in the movie at this point. <laughs> um. Well, like basically, we're starting the second movie at this point. We've we've we watched the whole first movie. Like the shark attacks people on the island. Now we're on the second movie. The three guys on the boat hunt the shark. Yeah, three men on a boat. This is um. I, I kind of I like this part. It's it definitely is a weird place to slow the movie down. It doesn't slow down for long. But it's it's an odd time to kind of like, hey, pause. We're just gonna have three guys on a boat waiting for the shark. Well, this is where all the porn versions of this movie really heat up. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have no response. To that. <laughs> I'm just I imagining did. what it could it's be. A, it's definitely a funny idea. In my mind, it's just uh, uh, what's his name. Is Robert Shaw is just banging everybody, but he doesn't want either guy to know. So he's like, Brody, I need to see you in the cabin of the ship. <laughs> he keeps telling the other one to steer the ship. Yeah, you yeah. steer the ship. Oh, you got to chum the waters. Come into the cabin and chum me waters. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen the uh, the Pam Anderson and Tommy Lee sex tape video? I did. I, yeah. When I was very young, yeah, I saw yeah. it. I mean, not very, very young, but when I was much younger than now, I saw it. I feel like I must have, but I don't remember it. So All I remember I, is that he steer, they're on a boat. And he steers the boat he, with he his penis. He steers the boat with his penis, yeah. That's tight. <laughs> yeah, that's that is, And that is in the porn version of Jaws as well. That's, that's the great thing about, like, boats in general is that the steering part is kind of irrelevant at times, you know, because, like, it's just water all around you, so... You know, just do whatever. You can, you can go left, you can go right, whatever you want. Colin's saying he's not impressed by this because he too has steered a boat with his <laughs> schlong. Um, yeah, this also has the uh, the great moment, you know, the probably the other most iconic shot of this movie besides the, the you know, dolly zoom on the beach is where... When the shark jumps yeah, up. Yeah, when, when Sheriff Brody's chumming the water and we get our first really clear look at the shark... And the size of it. Yeah, the shark in this movie, for as like as much as the stories go about how the shark didn't work and how it was really troublesome to like get it to look good on camera, they do a really good job in this movie of like what bits of it that they do show looks really good. You know, looks real. Whereas like in some of the later movies, uh, I know that it does not look as good. You can see how how fake it is. They hit it pretty well, I think. I I feel the same way. And I think it was good because it forced them to do some creative stuff. Like when the old guys are fishing on the dock and the dock gets pulled out and the guy is swimming in, but all we can see is the dock getting pulled back to shore. Mm -hmm. It's just like, that's a much more clever way of building that suspense of that scene. Um, and also then you have the payoff of the dock floating into shore and the shark wasn't really there after all, which makes no logical sense, but it's well, like, it broke off or it like, a right. Scene. But yeah. like the tide wouldn't, the tide's carrying everything else out and it's carrying the dock back in at a, massive rate of speed I, I still stand by what i said earlier i think there's wasted potential here you, you could eventually have you know like a lot of sharks and some of the sharks are willing to like get along with the humans and some of the other sharks aren't so you have like shark riders and maybe you know shark versus shark and uh much like the dino I think riders it sounds like you're <laughs> pitching a young adult novel now and which I, I just don't think would be a better movie but um i i think this. where this where the shark does look fake in this movie is at the end when it attacks the boat and like jumps onto the boat. And then when it's sort of, it looks okay when it's eating Robert Shaw, but it's, you know, it's definitely, you can tell that it's kind of a giant puppet, which is kind of at that point, I feel like they've won enough credibility that. I think the very end is the worst because the, the, um, 
the the canister thing is still kind of floating around in its mouth. Yeah. And we're supposed to think that the canister is stuck in its mouth. And it's kind of, there's like some some movement there. There's some play there to it to where it's I'm, like. Yeah, I'm kind of, I don't know what we're supposed to think then. That it's stuck in its mouth or that sharks just like have stuff in their mouth. Yeah, is he just like flopping it around yeah, on his exactly. shark tongue? Do sharks have tongues? I don't know. Mm, yeah, sharks got cool. tongues. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're like mad at me. Yeah, sharks have tongues. Here, here's a question. Don't for be you stupid, guys. Colin. Here's a question. Do you think? Do you think there is another great shark attack movie like yet to come out? Do you think there'll ever be something as great as this? Or like, has cons- there ever been another one besides this? Well, there's Sharknado. Been like Sharknado. Sharknado. There's the Meg. Deep yeah, blue sea. Deep blue sea. Mm-hmm. Um, Deep is bluest. My head is like a shark's fin. <laughs> do we feel? Like, do we feel like any of those are actually great movies though? Like, like is no. anybody going to advocate for any of those? Deep blue sea is pretty good. Yeah, I, I have to say I have a lot of affection for Deep blue sea. I think it did a lot of things right. I don't know if I'd call it a great movie, but I think that's like as close as we've come to another really good shark movie. I was told that the ladies love that cool James guy. <laughs> 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 he's got a tongue yeah. and, the sharks swim backwards right yeah yes that was the big innovation as if sharks couldn't swim backwards because they weren't smart enough um uh, and the one scene where samuel l jackson gets eaten is the best that is awesome ll cool j licks his lips constantly so if you're into that which that's not just are. that movie though. yeah no but i mean you get to see it because he's in the watch movie. that on in the house um also ll survives the movie which they make a joke about in the movie <laughs> and then he survives anyways um, he's kind of got the Hooper strategy of disappearing for a while and then popping up at the end and, oh, no, wait, I'm actually alive. The pretty girl does not survive the movie, which is kind of a shock because yeah. she's like the main character for most of it. Who um, is that? Uh, uh, is that Olivia, what's the British actress? Yeah. I can't remember her name. Olivia Wilde? No, Olivia something else. Olivia Newton-John? Olivia de Havilland? A lot of good Olivias there, but no, I, I'm thinking of a different one. Olivia Newton-John? Let's just say it's Olivia Newton-John. Uh, Olivia Another Day. <laughs> uh, I'll look it up. You guys keep talking. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, I, I can't talk about anything else until I have the answer to this. Her name is oh, Saffron oh, Burroughs. You know, oh, Saffron wow. Burroughs. That's totally That's different. I was not name. thinking of the right person. Yeah. Saffron Burroughs? Yeah. Like the rice. Not at all. Wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly like the rice. Maybe that, like... Was maybe, she named after the rice or was the rice named after no, her? Like That's maybe like question. maybe her like her birthing process was like her mother was in like a big thing rice of rice. But <laughs> she burrowed into a, yeah, a like, pit of rice. She um, has aged. Mm-hmm. As we all I think people have. do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I look different than when I did when Blue Deep Blue Sea came out. Mm-hmm. I was twelve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my skin's definitely gotten worse. I saw Saffron Burroughs um, the one year that I went to the Sundance Film Festival. Um, like was, in real life, you mean? Oh, I was 10. In real life, yeah. It was the same week that uh, I think Barack Obama was being inaugurated for the second time. Okay. And so no one was there. They uh, That was like the <laughs> word uh, in the second week of Sundance that like everyone left to go to the inauguration. Wait, wow. but you were there the second week of Sundance? I was there in the second week. Oh, nobody's yeah. ever there. In the, that's why everyone loves being there the second week of Sundance because that's the week that nobody's it there It was anymore. just me and Saffron Burroughs. Yeah. I saw her you in and Saffron Burroughs chilling out. Every screening, you're like, oh, you again. <laughs> I saw her and one other famous actress uh, who plays like the princess in Dune, David Lynch's Dune. What's that actress's oh, name? That's your favorite. Uh, what's her name? No, uh, Sean Young's not the princess. Not Sean Young. Oh, uh, Alicia Witt. No, no, no. 
She's also How many more? she's also in Sideways with Paul Giamatti. She plays like his, oh Virginia Madsen, yeah, Virginia who's Madsen, the, the right. princess in Dune, who's barely in Dune, yes, <laughs> yeah. who's the narrator in the opening shot and then disappears for the rest of the movie. Yes, no, she she comes back. She's barely in that movie. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The second week of Sundance is where it's all like the filmmakers that get to like hang out with other filmmakers and see each other's films. The first week is the one where all the famous people are there and parties and shit. I've never had the pleasure of going to Sundance. Sundance. Does anyone call it Sundance? Sundance? <laughs> Sundance. I'm having a wonderful time at Sundance this year. <laughs> if you need me, I'll be at Sundance. <laughs> Sundance, we just call it the dunce. <laughs> the dunce. Oh, here's, here's the, the shot, shot with the giant shark. Oh, yeah, look at that. That shot is pretty good. Yeah. Is, they just they hold it just enough. And then, he, and then he has the famous line here, we're going to need a bigger boat. Lord of the Dents. We're gonna need some bigger titties. I mean, and a bigger boat. And it's and it's also funny because I didn't realize how many times he continues to harp on the boat thing. He says it like four more times. Like, are you sure we can't get a bigger boat? Maybe we could call the Coast Guard. They could bring a bigger boat. Okay, here's a problem though. It's Why like the hell does Robert Shaw destroy the radio? Was that necessary? Because he doesn't want to call for reinforcements. It's personal between him and the shark. Now, it's. I That's think it's dumb. just. A, yeah, it That's is real dumb. dumb. It is dumb. I mean, Robert Shaw acts more and more self-destructively as this, and which is another reason that it sort of makes sense that he should get eaten. Yeah, okay. yeah, he's the reason they're there. He like puts them in the situation, kind yeah. of. He had it coming, as they say. But I do like. Uh, I think this is a part where the shark swims by the boat, and we get a nice overhead shot again of the shark in the water, and you see like uh, Hooper says it's a twenty footer, and uh, Quinn says twenty five, which is you know basically tip to tail. That's probably about the length of the boat they're on. You know. So it's kind of like, yeah, that's a that's a big shark. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Uh, how the hell is Richard Dreyfus wearing a sweatshirt in the summer? This it does time? look like it's hot out there, don't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like people in the seventies. I'm about to make a generalization <laughs> that's not true. Another seventies generalization. Another seventies generalization. Before they had fire, people just prepared for when it got cold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Before oh. they had fire. Hey, hey. Yeah. Um, it was all about cool sweaters. I also think, yeah, it's like, it's like, why did they all have tan lines in the seventies? And you know, we don't see that as much anymore. They didn't use sunscreen. Uh, I guess that that makes sense because they just had sweaters. That's when, how they when kept was the sun sunscreen up. invented. Um, uh, recently, I think and they uh, just used to use like, like they house, used to use house paint. They used to use sweatshirts, Colin. <laughs> sweatshirts, this is what yeah. we're saying. Right. Okay. So, and this is why they looked so old at such a young age because they're constantly getting. Scorched by the sun. For, um, for this movie being in the 70s, there's also a severe lack of awesome sideburns in this movie, mm -hmm. uh, which, well, there's well, right there. Yeah. He's pretty Robert much Shaw carrying, makes up for it. Yeah, he's carrying a lot of the sideburn game here. Yeah, Jaws um, 2 makes up for that. Uh, mm -hmm. That's the late 70s. The sideburns come into it a little. When is that coming back? Like, when? when's the full circle on sideburns? Sideburns? I, I don't, in my mind, sideburns never left. Okay. I'm always down for some good sideburns. I just wanted to know what side you were on. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> you were burning to know. Yeah. <laughs> See, it would have been good if you had. Yeah. Uh, I guess uh, you know, I just gotta keep my my ears pinned or something. I don't know. Fuck. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. You just gotta. Work. You just gotta. Yeah. <laughs> I think you just gotta wait until you have it, and then when you don't have it, just don't. Uh, I guess it was a hairy situation. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta trim trim your jokes, you know. Yeah, of course. Um, I don't know. Should we rate this movie? Are we, yeah, are we, we should probably we should probably rate this movie. Oh, why didn't you do a pun with us? 
I didn't hear you. <laughs> he was on TikTok. He was, I was he, on TikTok looking was, for a, a job, looking to see why they wore sweatshirts in the seventies. <laughs> pretending to, pretending to not hear you. No, no, I really didn't. <laughs> uh, somebody uh, asked me about a refurbished laptop, and I had to get back to him. Uh, <laughs> it, it I mean, that can be part of our podcast. You yeah. don't have to hide that from us, Carl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah, now we're just watching. Yeah, we're all just, we're just watching, watching the movie. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, come on! Oh, he hit it. Yeah, now the barrel gets pulled off. I, I actually kind of like this whole thing with the barrels, and this is another way that you don't have to show the shark if you just make the barrels represent the shark. Oh, so here's a bit of trivia that I know. Uh, so I never read the book, but I've heard that the ending of the book is that they, the way the shark gets defeated, is they get the three barrels onto it, and possibly more barrels, um, and they just like they kill it with exha- exhaustion basically like it oh. just chases them and then eventually it just yeah it's like it not- tires and it surrenders yeah yeah <laughs> isn't uh, that the shark negotiates a truce and they sign a treaty <laughs> so spielberg came up with the ending to like blow it up and they everyone was like yeah but that's not how air tanks work and he was like whatever i'm steven spielberg go fuck yourself <laughs> yeah <laughs> what if it had gas in it but then they don't get back <laughs> i uh i also think it's weird that they like they talk about earlier that the shark feeds that all shark attacks are like within you know 10 feet of water or 10 feet of land or whatever and the shark just feeds by going into the land and all this other shit and yet they have to take this boat out into the deep ocean to find the shark rather than like you know the shark's spending a lot of time very close by they couldn't have done this nearby uh all right let's let's rate this thing who wants to go first colin to me because <laughs> you take the longest <laughs> not every time uh, my barber right. used to wear those shoes you got yeah, your barber was a homeless man <laughs> <laughs> no those are old black guy old black uncle shoes yeah. <laughs> they're I like I them could, a lot I could definitely see I, that I'm gonna try to get another pair like they're kind of like getting a little worn out they're like well, uh, what old black year. uncle did you buy those from yeah. maybe he's got another used pair you can he got a yeah. refurbished pair yeah exactly they're they're comfortable they're versatile there's a lot. There's a lot of good things to say about these shoes, and um, and well, I think that was about it. But <laughs> <laughs> let's rate them. Let's rate the shoes. Let's rate the shoes. <laughs> Stylish. Uh, they look like they look like a wicker chair from the seventies. <laughs> uh, wicker shoes are actually quite painful. Okay, rate, rate the movie, Colin. And <laughs> don't exist. Not, not yet. All right. Um, yeah, this movie's pretty good. It's it's got a shark. The shark eats people. It's scary. It's, you know, it's one of those classic films that, you know, is a classic. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know, way to go, Steven Spielberg. Uh, you did, you made some good films. I, I'll go, I'll go out on a limb and say that Steven Spielberg has made some good films in mm-hmm. his, in his career. Sure. Hot take. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You're going to get a lot of backlash from the ron howard mafia (laughs) spielberg's a hack he's just stealing ron howard's shtick apollo 13 rules (laughs) apollo 13 (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh it wasn't the first time i was stabbed over apollo 13 no (laughs) Uh, yeah i'm gonna give it an eight timothy dolphin it's good nice it's a good score Carl Tart, you know what? I I never watched it in in full until now. Uh, I'm gonna give it 
eight black people on the beach. <laughs> that was yeah. exactly how many were in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> exactly um, now, I think his wife is fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, she definitely looks good in this and then in the later movies. How much time went by between this and Jaws 2? I don't, I don't two, think she two looked years. bad in Jaws 2. But she didn't look bad. I'm I just saying really when like I... that girl that you guys called the ugly friend, which was very mean of you. Mm, yeah. Well, in this movie, <laughs> in this movie, it's a chick with the easel who I was like, oh, why weren't there more scenes with her in it? Was that the um, one with the pants? Yeah, the, the yeah. funky pants. She's um, cool. Anyways, go ahead, Matt. Um, yeah, I, I really like this movie. I feel like this movie, for me, is like a staple of my childhood. And, uh, I mean, maybe I'm bias but I, I think this is one of the best movies ever made uh i'm giving it i'm pulling out the coveted 10 timothy wow. dolphins wow. Yikes. Okay. um i wish i had watched this movie more when i was younger because it's like a little film school in a single film it's uh great visual storytelling and just brilliantly made i think technically this is an amazing movie and the narrative is incredible and i kind of wish I had the nostalgia for it that you do because I think it probably is one of the greatest movies ever and, you know, is like up there in that pantheon, but it just doesn't resonate with me like that since I've only seen it a couple of times. Um, but I totally enjoyed it, thought it was great. Uh, you know, we'll probably watch it again at some point. Um, I'll give it eight Timothy Dolphins. I have to, uh, because I gave it eight black people on the beach and you play the Dolphins now, we have to mix the dolphin sound up a little bit. So you play it, and then I'm going to add some black stuff at the end, okay? Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Well, that'll, that'll cut nicely. In with the... You're cutting this episode. Yeah, okay. Uh, that's great. All right. Um, all right. Well, yeah, that's it. That Jaws. Good. That was good. That was uh, fun. Carl Tarrett, thanks once again for uh, being our guest. Thanks for having me, fellas. Yeah, of course. Um, do you have anything that you want to plug, anything you're working on that's coming out, anything? This episode comes out, uh, I want to say, like the end of this month. We should mention, too, this is our first This is our first um, regular License to Watch episode that we've all done together in a room, right? That's we true. Did, we did a Patreon one recently. Yeah. But this is our first regular episode that we've all been in the same room, so... That's I'm cool. honored. I'm, yeah. It's an honor and a privilege. Yeah, it's, good. it's hotter uh, than I remember. I know. It's very warm in this room. <laughs> I'm glad we held hands the entire time. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was sweet. It made really it felt... even hotter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, watch Miracle Workers on TBS this season. Okay. All right. And uh, is that the show what? with uh, Harry Potter? Yeah. Nice. Um, Daniel and, Radcliffe. Who was and uh, you, were you writing on that? No. I'm an actor in this. Oh, you're acting on that. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Are you in every episode? No, just a couple of them. Oh, okay. Maybe even one. I don't know how many. Uh, we shot for a long time. But <laughs> Who else is in it? It's Daniel Radcliffe uh, and John Bass. Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It looks funny. It's The the commercials are funny. Yeah, no, no. It's, it's going to be a good time. What uh, is, is it like Like a funny version of like Touched by an Angel? No, Oregon Trail. This, this oh, season Oregon is Oregon Trail. Trail. The first season, it was like God-based. Okay. This season is Oregon Trail. Okay. Yeah. It is, changes is there up every dysentery? season. I'm sure there is. I can't spoil it. Oh, okay, okay. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. There's doodles. Okay. Do you, do you <laughs> get to work with Steve Buscemi at all? Yeah. Is he cool? Yeah, man, he was cool. He He's really a Long Island much. guy. Uh, cool, cool. Well, um, yeah. Can people follow you on? I think I think you said it last time, but no. <laughs> I'm just playing. Uh, yeah, follow me on Instagram at Damn It Carl D A M M I T C A R L. Sweet. 
Cool. Kevin Liu, thanks for being our engineer. Thanks, Kevin. Um, and then up next, we've got Jaws 2. And do you guys have anything else? Uh, I got nothing else. This is, this is, I've already said this too is, much. This is what happens when it's a good movie. We, <laughs> yeah, we got nothing funny to say. Uh, Everyone likes the movie. And then we get to the end of the podcast and we're just like, oh. also, it's this is what happens when it's, um, you know, five guys in a room. And, and it's, it's like 400 it's fucking, degrees. Fucking hot. It's like a it's pizza getting, oven. It's getting late. And we yeah. just want to leave. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so how, sh- how should we go out? Should we? Uh, we should get a bigger boat. We're going to need a bigger mm. boat. Um, I hate uh, these choreographed things where we say things together. It's funnier when we just are talking about some random shit and then Colin says something stupid and we all laugh at him and fade <laughs> right into the song. How about y'all say that and I'll add some flair to the end. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so, add so some, now I just have to say something stupid. <laughs> yeah. All right. That should be easy. Oh, yeah. I think, no, this is good. <laughs> just whatever's popping into your mind right now. Wait, um, should, we, should we just do the bigger boat thing and then you can add flair to that? Yeah. We're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> I like how we just let him say it. My- <laughs> That's great. I said it. Yeah. That's what he says. I thought he was going to add the black guy flair like he did before. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was I, I thought y'all all were going to say it. I yeah. thought we were going to say it too, but then we let Colin say it by oh, himself. No. And that was so much funnier. <laughs> I, I don't just cut those two together. <laughs> no, I'm gonna leave this all intact. <laughs> oh, that's how you end the podcast episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you like this show and want to hear us talk about non-franchise movies, you should definitely check out our Patreon show at www.patreon.com/l2w. It only costs a buck, and you get instant access to a ton of great episodes. There's no guests on those shows, and we tend to just kind of riff and discuss other things besides the movie. So it's a lot of fun if you like three guys bullshitting about life. We'd like to give a special thanks to our guest, Carl Tart, for joining us in person for this episode, and a special thanks to our boy, C-Rock, for creating the Jaws remix beat during Colin's two-minute summary. You can hear more from C-Rock by searching his name, his real name, Chris Morocco, on Bandcamp.com. We'd also like to give one final special thanks to Max Surwitz, a.k.a. Suburb, for banging out the beat you're listening to right now. You can find more music by Suburb at fanlink.to slash suburb. And that's spelled the word suburb, but swap out the U's for V's. So it says S-V-B-V-R-B. So that's fanlink.to slash S-V-B-V-R-B. All right, that's the end. We'll see you next time for Jaws Dose. Then, Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.